In Chicago, it's time for the Buccaneers to have a tough family meeting and talk about what to do about Tom Brady. He forgot what down it was and lost his team the game. If his car keys don't get taken away soon, he will definitely wrap it around an electric pole. The annual Fat Bear voting is over. Robertson had 19, Foles had 13, Montgomery had 12. Congrats to all the Fat Bears. Have a good hibernation. Colonel Teddy Bridgewater had 21 points as the Panthers ran roughshod over Atlanta this week. Mike Davis was the number one scoring back with 30 points, while fellow Rough Riders Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore had 20 and 19. Despite Todd Gurley's 25 points, the Falcons did not get a square deal. After getting stopped and dropped, Calvin Ridley shut them down and opened up shop with 22. That's how Rough Riders roll, boom. The Chiefs should have paid attention in Dare because they could not say no to rugs. Henry turned Derek from a jalopy into a sports car. The Raiders win the game and Carr had 25. Rutgers had first of many career touchdowns and had 20 points. Mahomes had 31 in a losing effort. The Swam is so excited about this game, he might need to call a doctor. The Dolphins have Fitz Magic at QB. And every time he touches the football, it turns into gold, resulting in 28 fantasy points. The football looked like an airplane in the night sky to Preston Williams, and his wish was granted as he scored 21. Miles Gaskin, they got nothing on you, and they're 20 points. The 49ers weren't B.O.B., but D.O.A. in this one, Tej. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. It's even farther to the top if you are the New York Jets. Le'Veon Hell's Bells has been cut from the team, and the entire Jets organization is on a highway to hell. Joe Flacco was back in black, scoring 14 points. The Cardinals again shoot to thrill and shook the Jets all night long. Kyler had 27, and Hopkins had 19. So spread. Lumbo! It was a battle of the big men in Cleveland, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhooked his way to 18 points. On the other side, Jonathan Wilt-Taylorlin fell short of his 100-point ceiling, finishing with 15. Old school, boom. In Pittsburgh, this game had the two highest-scoring fantasy players of the week. In a fitting tribute to my good friend, Eddie Van Halen, Chase Claypool and Travis Fulham had an eruption of points with 43 and 32. Carson Wentz fantasy owners are wondering if it's time to jump at a trade offer. Big Ben is feeling unchained and had 21 points. Whoop! Tick, 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 tick. Back, 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 back. In our nation's capital, Jared Goofy had 25 points. Yuck! Aaron Donald Duck led the Rams' defense to number three finish this week with 12 points, while Robert Woods had 17. Hot dog! <laughs> the football team was more like Scrooge McDuck this week, leaving fantasy owners penniless. Back, 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 whoop! The 14th most fantasy point scored this week was the Ravens' defense? Huh? huh? The defense was helped by a 12th man, as A.J. Green was seen helping the Ravens on an interception return. The Ravens' offense didn't need to do much, and Lamar had 15, and Hollywood Brown had 14. Whoop! Humble! 
in Houston. Brandon Corey Matthews Cooks had 30, and Deshaun Hunter Watson had 27, as these boys finally met the world. Little Topanga Fuller is, is still Corey's first true love, as he had 16. Gardner Minkus Minshew had 20, but it wasn't enough to win any affection from Topanga. LaVisca Feeney Chenault schooled the Texans secondary for 15 points. Whoop! Whoop! In a heartwarming scene in Dallas, Dak schemed a way to parent trap his coach and his ex-coach to come back together. And he did it. All it took was Dak losing his foot. RIP to 2020 Dak fantasy owners. Zeke had 24 and Lamb had 20. The Cowboys got the red rifle they wanted for Christmas and it was more than enough to take down the G-Men. Daniel Jones continued his streak of not throwing a touchdown for four straight weeks. <laughs> Sad times, boom. The Vikings, Vikings look more like the Seagulls in Seattle as they ran all night and day, but they couldn't get away. Dalvin Cook had 20 and Alexander Madison had 17. Adam Thielen ran so far away, scoring 29. Russell Wilson was cooking again as he had 25 points, earning him a Michelin star. Speaking of Michelin, Chris Carson had a little tread left on the tires as he finished with 20. And DK Metcalf is faster than your local Jiffy Lube, and he included a 27-point inspection or performance this week. Whoop! Rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. As Sia said, I don't need Buffalo Bills to have fun tonight. I love Tana Thrill. I don't need Buffalo Bills to have fun tonight. I love, I love Tana, Tana Thrill. Derrick Henry was unstoppable, scoring 18. He also made Josh Norman look like he was swinging from a chandelier. Josh Allen scored 18, but had such an erratic performance that Shia LaBeouf was jealous. Let's hope that he has thick skin and an electric heart. No circling the wagons this week, move. We wrap up in the Big Easy, where Justin Sherbert Herbert left a good taste in the mouths of fantasy owners, finishing with 27. Mike and Ike Williams were surprisingly good this week, scoring 28. Alvin Candy Camara delivered another sweet performance of his own, finishing with 20. Emmanuel Sanders has owners salivating, thinking about their advent calendars already, as he broke out with 24. Jared Cookie Monster devoured a baker's dozen. That's 13 points, boom. What? What? He could have Alright, well thanks again to Trevin for joining us for the fastest two minutes. Another fantastic edition this week. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording that. Brent went pretty good as usual, huh? Yeah, that was good. That was, that was great to hear. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. This is your host, Levi Valentine, at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. And joining me is my co-host, as always, Brent Hutt-Hutt-Hikus. Follow him at Brent Hikus on Twitter. Uh, we are going to keep our format from last week we got some good feedback and i think we thought it worked well so we're going to kick off tonight by hopping right into the main event and now for our main event and to start off the main event tonight we'll be talking about what we learned in week five brent what did you learn well i learned that justin herbert's for real he looked pretty good out there four touchdowns um, yes, he got another loss. Um, he's got to um, clean up a few things, but he's looking pretty good out there. And I'll t- I tell you what, I can 
I, I see that connection with Mike Williams, and Mike Williams looks pretty good out there too. So he had some really good catch, catches. And but Herbert, oh, I mean, it's going to be fun to follow all three of these uh, rookie quarterbacks: Burrow, Herbert, and maybe sometime this year we'll see Tua. But we'll be talking about these three quarterbacks for a long time, I think. And Herbert, I mean, already looks like the real deal. So yeah, he's got to get, get some wins now. Yeah, if they can turn that corner, I think there'll be no looking back for him. Since he took over in week two as a starter, which was that surprise game where they didn't expect to start him by all indications, they expected to start Tyrod until uh, his medical incident pregame. Uh, so Justin Herbert didn't have a lot of time to prepare for that, didn't slow him down at all, though. Since week two, quarterback seven in fantasy points, Brent. Wow. Yeah, here's who's ahead of him Dak Prescott. Unfortunately, we lost for the season. Uh, without horrific injury, uh, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and then Justin Herbert, quarterback seven. So very impressive from what we've seen from Justin Herbert so far from a fantasy perspective. And by all means, I expect that to continue for the rest of the year. He shows no signs of slowing down at all. Yeah, that's pretty good company to be in. And looking at his next couple games, Jacksonville, Denver, Las Vegas, Miami, New York Jets – Buffalo those are six games where their defenses aren't great and he can still put up those huge huge numbers in those games too so I think he's definitely worth starting as long as you don't have one of those other six quarterbacks that you mentioned maybe (laughs) maybe besides Fitzpatrick (laughs) yeah if he's still somehow available in your uh, redraft league go get him because he's been impressive and he like I said he shows no signs of slowing down uh, something I learned, Brett, this week is it looks like you were right about Derek Carr. Uh, he had a really good game this week. He ended up with uh, quite a few fantasy points. They He was throwing the ball down the field, which is something we have learned not to expect from Derek Carr, but they managed to beat the Chiefs, and Derek Carr had a lot to do with that. So kudos to you. I know you were high on him this year, and I was admittedly a skeptic, but it's looking like if you can keep this up, you might be right. Yeah, he's he's looking good, and and it's it's the same car. He just has other weapons um, around him. The offensive line that he has around him is really good, and they're, I mean, they're not even fully healthy, but they're getting healthier. That they, they I, I, I still think they're waiting on two more offensive linemen to get healthy. Still waiting on Brian Edwards. Henry Ruggs was back, and he looked he looked good. He looked really good. I think he really opens up that offense opens it up for everyone. So um, I really like the Raiders. I've said that before. I think they're a playoff team, and I think we're going to keep on rolling. Yeah, we saw Carr finish with 25 points this week, which is good for a back-end quarterback one finish, and uh, I think he has the potential to keep doing that if if they keep that same strategy and if he shows the ability to throw downfield, the sky's the limit for Derek Carr with the weapons in that offense for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. A uh, third thing we learned is I'm looking pretty good for this table bet, Brent. Uh, Devin Singletary, your boy, had 11 carries for 25 yards this week. Through five games, has 238 yards. About 78 yards less than he needs to prevent you from going through that table in honor of Bill's Mafia. So how are you feeling at this point? Are you starting to get a little nervous? Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I mean, I got to I gotta admit, it, it, he's – I don't know why – um, but he's not 
he doesn't show that bur- that little burst that he had last year, and I, I just haven't seen seen much. Yes, Tennessee Titans they have a good good defense, so I'll give them credit there. Um, <laughs> that game kind of definitely had me worried when T.J. Yeldon was getting all those snaps, and I definitely did not like that. I, I'm, I'm just waiting for Moss to come in and maybe eventually take the job from him and just maybe Singletary off to take a back seat. And I, I mean, it's definitely not looking good for him getting a thousand yards. Um, maybe we see, maybe we get to see the Devin single Singletary from last year and he'll turn it around, but it's not looking good right now. Not looking good. It looks like I'll be going through a table soon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited about that, Brent? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I'm, you got to realize I'm old. My body's hurting already, so it's. <laughs> I am not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I was really surprised. You mentioned how many, how much TJ Yeldon played. It was yeah. shocking to me uh, how much he got. And Zach Moss potentially could be back as early as this week. They play on Monday night now that that got pushed back from Thursday, which I think makes it a lot more likely uh, that Moss is able to play in that game. So. Uh, the competition for Singletary is going to be increasing for touches in that backfield, and uh, he hasn't made hay while the sun was shining as far as you're concerned on this bet and what that looks like for you. So I feel pretty good about that. But also in this game, uh, we saw Josh Allen take a little bit of a step back from what he's looked like so far this year. So he only had 18 points this week against the Titans through two interceptions, uh, and he has a tough matchup that we just mentioned coming up against the Chiefs on Monday night. Their defense has been really good this year, Brent. So what do you think is the real Josh Allen? Do you think it's closer to this week, or do you think it's closer to what we saw the first four weeks? I do think it's closer to what we saw in the first four weeks. Um, I don't think he's that good. I do think um, it's nice for him to fall back to earth a little bit. It might wake him up a little bit. So maybe that'll give him a kick and – um, maybe realize something and he won't have those stupid plays that he has once in a while. Um, Cause some of those, at least one of those interceptions was just ugly by him. It's, I don't know what he was looking at, um, but he needs a running game too, along with that. And they really need to get their running game going. And maybe Zach Moss will be that spark for their, for their running game. Cause it's not looking that good right now. So, and like I said before, Tennessee Titans got defense. Again, I give them credit, especially for not playing for or not practicing for almost two weeks, and then coming out and, and scoring forty-two points and only holding the Buffalo Bills at sixteen points, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. That was pretty impressive. So I got to give them some credit, and I still think next week's Kansas City game would be a good game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. This was a butt kicking this week, though, from the Titans, yeah. for sure. Uh, and I was surprised. I would hedge a little bit. I think maybe Josh Allen is somewhere in between what we saw this week and what we saw previous oh. weeks. I don't expect him to be a top three to five quarterback by the end of the year. I expect him to be a little bit of a low-end quarterback one. Uh, so certainly better than what we saw against the Titans, but probably not. I just have a hard time seeing – over the course of a full season, Josh Allen sustaining the pace he was on through those first four weeks. And there are a lot of other really good quarterbacks that will continue to perform or maybe step up their game a little bit and kind of push Josh Allen down on the season, I think. But I still think he's a very viable fantasy starter going forward. And we've mentioned before on this podcast that his schedule is somewhat backloaded. So I think that'll contribute to him uh, slowing down his pace a little bit over the rest of the season. But certainly uh, ride the wave while you can if you have him. It's been Mm -hmm. a lot of fun so far. 
Yeah, but we have someone in our league. His team <laughs> coach, his team isn't very good. He has Josh Allen on his team, and his team is 5-0. and um, I don't know if he's a listener, but that might be the worst 5-0 and team <laughs> I've seen. So hey, he can thank Josh Allen. <laughs> Brenda's player hating over there. <laughs> All right, moving on. We want to talk about the Chargers a little bit, Brent. They look, again, like you were right here. Uh, Josh, uh, excuse me, Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson really split the carries, split the opportunities in this game. Jackson had 15 carries and six targets five receptions. Kelly had 11 carries, one target, one reception. Uh, and so it looks like they're probably going to get about equal work. It looked like Justin Jackson kind of stepped more into that Austin Eckler role while Joshua Kelly kind of maintained the role he had. And so maybe that changes a little bit week over week, depending on who has the high hand that week. But it certainly doesn't look like either one of these guys is going to uh, take control of that backfield. Yeah, I don't think so. It's It's tough to pick a starter. If you had to, I'd definitely pick Justin Jackson. I do think Justin Jackson is the better running back out of the two. Um, it's going to be really interesting when Austin Eckler does come back, who's going to be that backup? Is Kelly still going to have his role since Jackson looks like he's taken over the Eckler role? I, I don't know, <laughs> but I will say Justin Jackson, um, he did get a few third down and shorts in that game, so he can get the tough yards too. Um, but in my opinion, Justin Jackson, I think he's the better running back. So if you're looking, if you have the choice between the two, I'd definitely pick Justin Jackson. I just think he's the better running back. And, I mean, he's playing more. He's, he had more snaps, had more carries, had more targets. So, I, like I said, I, I was high on Jackson before and not as high on him as I was, but it's nice to see him get get some playing time now. Yeah, it is, and I think we were both uh, fairly optimistic about Kelly potentially the rest of the season after he got yeah. off to that quick start the first couple of weeks and the amount of work that he was getting, but he's slowed down quite a bit, and he's only averaging 3.2 yards a carry, so not great uh, from what we want to see from Joshua Kelly, and the other thing that kind of caps his fantasy value really is he only has one touchdown on the year. He had that yeah. touchdown in week one against the Bengals, a rushing touchdown, and he hasn't had any rushing or receiving touchdowns since then. So he's not getting those uh, opportunities to punch that in and really turn those modest fantasy point totals into something starter-worthy brand. So that uh, really makes it tough to start him on a week-to-week basis going forward. And maybe Justin Jackson has a little more upside as long as Austin Eckler's out. I agree with you. And even though I own Justin Jackson in a lot of dynasty leagues, I'm kind of disappointed by this because I actually traded for Joshua Kelly and two of my dynasty leagues and I don't know if that those trades are looking that good anymore so and yeah. then one of them was to you and we've talked about that <laughs> podcast yeah you did get a little more than just him in that trade yeah, so you have yeah. some opportunity for upside still certainly but yeah you win some you lose some uh, yeah for sure uh Finally, what we learned this week, last thing, Brent, is the Steelers look like they've done it again and found another good wide receiver in Chase Claypool. Just an insane game for him this week. He ended up with four touchdowns in this game, um, seven catches, 110 yards receiving, three of those touchdowns were through the air. Then he had three rushing attempts, uh, only got six yards, but cashed one of them in for a touchdown. So a huge week for him, over 40 fantasy points, Brent. Uh, Obviously, you can't expect him to get four touchdowns probably potentially ever again in his career. Uh, but what do you think about Chase Claypool going forward for the rest of the season? 
I think he's a stud. I, if he if you draft him in Dynasty, good for you. Um, he, he's a stud, and he's gonna looks like he'll be a stud for a long time. Um, kind of reminds me of Martavius Bryant. Maybe not as fast as Marta- Martavius Bryant, but he's definitely stronger than him. And um, I think, I mean, obviously he has a better head than Martavius Bryant too. So I, I think he'll be a stud for a while. Um, his, I think his production will drop a little bit once Deontay Johnson is back playing full games, I guess, if he ever does. Because um, that, that is a lot of mouths to feed in the Steeler offense. So, I mean, but like I said, Chase Claypool's a stud, and whoever scouts their receivers um, needs a raise. I'm sure he probably already got one, but he <laughs> needs another raise. Yeah. Yeah, I think Deont- we saw Deontay Johnson leave this game pretty early with a back injury, and so – that certainly opened the door for Chase Claypool to have this huge game, and he capitalized on that opportunity to his credit. But uh, once Deontay Johnson comes back, uh, I think maybe Chase Claypool takes a step back. And uh, even before Deontay Johnson comes back, I don't know that I would necessarily expect Claypool to get 11 targets every week like we saw in this game. Uh, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster takes some of that, or they distribute the ball a little differently between the tight ends and the running backs as far as those opportunities. But as long as Deontay Johnson is out, I think you're looking at Chase Claypool being a viable flex uh, consideration going forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, let's move on to what we're watching for next week. Week six, Brent. One of the big things I think we'll both be watching for is how Andy Dalton looks as the Cowboys quarterback. We mentioned that terrible injury to Dak. Looks like he'll be out for the rest of the season. Andy Dalton gets his first start uh, on Monday night football against the Cardinals. So what do you expect to see from Andy Dalton in that game and the rest of the season, Brent? Well, I do think Andy Dalton is a must-get for your for your, to, to pick up. Um, it, either redraft, um, dynasty, um, especially Superflex. If you have a Superflex, he can be an every-week starter for you. Um, I do think he'll he'll get you a bunch of fantasy points, not as much as Dak Prescott, but I th- do think we can expect Andy Dalton to be a QB1 the rest of the way. Uh, he has a great offense to work with, three great receivers, uh, one of the top running backs in, in the league, a good offensive line. What else can he ask for? This is Andy Dalton has shown us that he can be a pretty good quarterback in the past, and this is by far the best offense that, that he's ever played in. Um, he got to take a step back and maybe learn a little bit from Dak Prescott. And um, I do think he'll, he'll succeed. I think they're going to make the playoffs partly because their division is awful. Um, but I do expect pretty good things. And I do think this may sound crazy. I do think it will in a way make the Cowboys a better football team. I know that sounds crazy. That sounds it'll, very crazy, but it, it'll slow It'll slow. He'll, he'll help slow down the game. Um, Defense is their problem, and it'll help. It'll help their defense in a way. Um, Dalton will. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott will get more touches, which they need, and um, Dalton will still be able to spread it around to the receivers. Like I said, they're a playoff team, and what are they? Two and three right now. They are two and three. I I expect. I mean, they might even win ten games, but I'm expecting around nine and seven. Yeah, I would. I think they're going to be right there around 500, give or take a game either way. Uh, I don't know that I am fully on board with the Cowboys being better as a team with Andy Dalton than they were with Dak Prescott. Uh, but Andy Dalton was effective in this game after he came in. 
Uh, he was 9 for 11, 111 yards, led him down the field for the game-winning field goal. Uh, showed he was able to get the ball to his weapons on the outside. And I think, you know, he could be probably a back-end uh, quarterback one the rest of the season in this offense. Uh, their bad defense, I think, does play into his hand as far as they're going to have to pass the ball a lot because they're going to need to score a lot of points with this defense the way it is. I mean, they just gave up 34 points to the New York Giants. 34 <laughs> points <laughs> to the New York Giants. Uh, granted, um, you know, the D- Giants had two defensive touchdowns in this game, but, man, 20 points even to that offense is pretty terrible based on what we've seen from them so far this year. And so the rest of their schedule obviously doesn't get any easier than what they just had this week and with Andy Dalton there. He's going to put up points, and certainly I'd probably go, would you put down 100% of your um, of your free agent budget on him in a super flex league, Brent? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. What about a single quarterback? Um, maybe not a hundred percent. It depends on who you have at quarterback. If we, if you have one of those six that you mentioned earlier tonight, um, then you probably don't need to spend that much. But if you don't feel confident about your quarterback, if if you got like Drew Brees as your number one quarterback, I would definitely go go after Andy Dalton with all my bidding points. Yeah, I think. If you don't have a solid backup quarterback, then I would definitely probably go 50 to 75% in a single quarterback league. And if you do, then maybe you just put down like 30% or something like that just to have the depth and the trade chip. Yeah. But either way, I think that uh, he's definitely worth picking up and in your league if he's out there. Uh, second thing I'll be watching for next week, Brent, is whether Leonard Fournette finally returns. He had a limited practice today. Uh, we thought maybe he would get a chance to last week on Thursday. He was actually a surprise active in that game, uh, but was emergency only uh, availability. We luckily found out before the game. So everybody who has a good fantasy he had a chance to get out, him out of their lineup. And if you follow me on Twitter, I was telling everybody to make sure they did that uh, before kickoff. So follow me at Levi underscore Valentine and follow the show if you aren't already doing that. Uh, but I think this week it makes a lot more sense for him to come back he's had that you know extra couple days after thursday the thursday game last week plus the full normal week to get back in the swing of things uh he was a limited participant in practice today so i think he's trending in the right direction i think there's a good chance he suits up this week and we finally get some answers on who is going to be the running back to own in that backfield uh, to the extent there is one brent yeah, and this week I'm staying away from Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette because I don't know what to expect, honestly. I, I do expect Fournette to play. I just don't know how much. I don't know I don't know who they want to be their guy. Um, Ronald Jones played better than he did two weeks ago, so I'll, I'll give Ronald Jones that. Um, but, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'd hate to have that decision this week, and hopefully you don't have to start someone like Leonard Fournette yeah. or Ronald Jones this week, but – uh, I don't know if if I had the if I had to pick one of them I'd pick Ronald Jones but hopefully you don't have to make that decision. Yeah, hopefully not. And if you do, hopefully you have uh, somebody else in your starting lineup who has the three o'clock start on Sunday because the Packers uh, and the Buccaneers play that three o'clock kickoff Central Time three twenty five. So if you have somebody in noon kickoff, that's going to make it a little tricky. Uh, you probably have to go with that person unless we have clear indication from the Bucks on who's going to be starting and getting the bulk of the workload, which seems unlikely. Uh, otherwise, um, hope if Fournette is active, uh, you will need to take a shot on him. 
hopefully you have somebody else in that three o'clock slot you can swap out uh, in case he does end up sitting out. But uh, keep an eye on that this week for sure. Uh, another running back we'll be keeping an eye on, Brent, is one who won't be playing almost certainly this week, and that's Le'Veon Bell, who was cut or released by the Jets this week. Where do you think he lands, Brent? Um, I think the best place for him, and I do actually think they'll, they'll get him, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I do think that's the best place for him. Um, that Yes, it does put Clyde Edwards-Alaire maybe in the back seat, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire will still get his. Um, but, I mean, it's Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he, he can – I think he can thrive in that offense, and I do think he'd do well. Um. I do think the Chiefs do need a running back because their running their backup running back situation. I don't think that's cutting out. I don't think Daryl Williams is good enough. I don't think Darwin Thompson's good enough, and I do see them looking for another running back sometime eventually. Because I mean, they need that. That's I feel like that's the weakness of their offense is that that running back that they need. They surprisingly promoted DeAndre Washington from the practice squad to the active yeah. roster in this past week. So they're yeah. certainly – I think that's an indication that they're not necessarily thrilled with the options they have behind Clyde Edwards-Lair. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think they're looking to do something because those two guys aren't cutting, out, cutting, cutting it for them. So um, I see something going on, and I, I do think that's the team that's going after them. That would certainly be interesting, and that would certainly uh, – be an improvement for Le'Veon Bell. I think anywhere he lands is going to be an improvement from (laughs) playing for Adam Gase in that New York Jets offense, unless he somehow ended up on the Giants. (laughs) That's probably the only worst (laughs) place I can think of, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be a huge improvement for Le'Veon Bell, but I think that would certainly uh, negatively impact Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and his fantasy value for the rest of the season. So it'll certainly be interesting to keep an eye on that. Hopefully we find out sometime in the next few days and uh, that'll in the meantime sit tight if you own Le'Veon Bell uh, and if he does end up in Kansas City maybe you think about trading him when you get that pop in value depending on what you can get Um, otherwise uh, maybe you hold on and ride it out if you need Le'Veon Bell for the rest of the season but that'll be something fun to watch this week Brent off the field uh Quick note, another thing we'll be watching here this week, the Raiders, the Saints, the Chargers, and the Seahawks are on by. So if you have any of those players, figure out your plans for this week. I uh, just wanted to make a quick note of that. Unfortunately, we won't get to see any of those people teams play. And then finally, the other thing we'll be keeping an eye on, Brent, uh, is the impact of these coaching changes we're starting to see in the NFL. So first we saw Bill O'Brien uh, be fired uh, before last week's games, and the Texans subsequently went out and got their first win. Uh, which they looked a lot better uh, than they had in previous weeks. And maybe a little bit of a boost in morale was what they needed and certainly getting Bill O'Brien out of there, (laughs) I think from a uh, strategy perspective does not hurt them at all. Uh, And then the second one we saw was a little bit more of a surprise, but still probably inevitable. Uh, The Falcons fired Dan Quinn. And so we'll see how they do without him this week. Uh, They are sitting at 0-5. It sounds like, you know, their owner's not fully on board with committing to Matt Ryan going forward. So we could see some changes in this offense. We have quite a few fantasy viable players and what's been a pretty bad team that's led to a lot of uh, opportunity for them to pass the ball and score some fantasy points. We've seen Todd Gurley look better than we expected. We've seen Calvin Ridley uh, look like potential wide receiver one overall in fantasy. Uh, Julio's been hurt. 
uh, Matt Ryan's been uh, Matt Ryan. I mean, so there's a lot of potential impact here. I hate Nurse as well. Uh, Brent, what do you expect to see from the Falcons going forward? Hopefully, hopefully um, Matt Ryan keeps on throwing it to Calvin Ridley. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> hoping that we see that. But um, uh, I just don't think they're a very good team overall. But I I do think the offense will stay pretty close to being the same. I, they wanna, I know they want to run the ball a little bit more. I just don't think they should give Gurley all those touches. I think we see a little bit of a little bit more of Brian Hill eventually as the season goes on, as long as Gurley can stay healthy. Um, I I see Ridley, and as long as Julio's healthy too, he'll be involved. Um, Russell Gage. I mean, we, we'll see. We'll still see all those guys be involved. And with the Texans, they just had they had those first three games that they played. Those are like three of the two, three of the top five teams in the NFL. So I'm not surprised that they lost those three games. I was a little surprised they lost, lost to the Vikings, but I think the Vikings are better than we, than what we think. Um, but the Texans, I mean, they're, they're probably one of the better one and four teams out, out, out there. So we got to give yeah. them some credit. And unfortunately, Bill O'Brien was, I mean, I don't think he was liked very much by the players. So I think that's probably a good thing that he's gone. When J.J. Watt is arguing with you in front of the team yeah. in practice, I think that says a lot because I don't think that that's J.J.'s typical <laughs> personality by yeah. any means based on everything we know about him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was past time probably for Bill O'Brien to get out of there. And as a Titans fan, I'm pretty sad to see him go because as long as he was there, they were going to be an underachieving team uh, on the field. And so this opens the door for them to improve a lot and build around Deshaun Watson like they should have been over the past few years while he was on that rookie contract and their championship window was potentially open uh, with him and DeAndre Hopkins. If they had, if he had constructed a better roster, that was their chance to be very competitive and potentially win a championship. And it's going to be a lot harder now that they've given Deshaun Watson his money. But um, I think just about anybody they bring in will be able to do better than Bill O'Brien on the, from a fantasy perspective on the Falcon side, I'm going to make a little bit of a bold prediction here, Brent. I am going to predict that one of, at least one of, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, or Julio Jones gets traded before the trade deadline. Yeah, that'd be – I mean, I think that'd be a good move. I, I, I've i told you this in the past week that I'd love to see Matt, Matt Ryan get traded to the 49ers or some team like that. I think – I think it's unfortunate that he's he's going to be playing one of his last couple years on a crappy team. So I'd love to see even Julio, if if Ryan and and Julio maybe be a package deal. That'd be a fun package trade. That'd be cool. So that'd be cool. And and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I think November third is the trade deadline. So hopefully we see something like that. Yeah. I mean that would not be good for Calvin Ridley owners though. So no. It would not. And I think Matt Ryan is probably the most likely to get traded because there are some contenders out there who could use a quarterback like him that has playoff experience. He's played in the Super Bowl and he's shown the ability still to be an effective passer. Uh, He's not that old. And so you could have him potentially be your quarterback for a few years while your window is open. Uh, San Francisco makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that would negatively impact Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Todd Gurley and the rest of this offense in general. But I think when you're sitting at 0-5, you have to think about a move like that because potentially if they want to tank, 
that would be the most one I think they would get the most for Matt Ryan out of those three options if they were to trade him. I don't think there's going to be a lot of demand for trading Todd Gurley. And uh, (laughs) I think they would be reluctant to trade Julio just because of what he means to that franchise and how, what a great career he has had there. So I think Matt Ryan is the most likely candidate. And I think it makes the most sense from a rebuilding perspective to trade him now and then go out the rest of the year suck. Hopefully get one of the top two picks. Take take a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields and start working your way back. So that's my bold prediction. And I think for fantasy, it would not be good for anybody who has those players, but I think it is a distinct possibility. So keep an eye on that one over the next few weeks. And finally, Brent, let's tell the people what they should do now uh, to improve their fantasy rosters this week. Why don't you start us off? Um, If he's, if he's on your waiver wire, make sure Alexander Madison is on your team. Um, he's a definite start this week, at least, because um, Delvin Cook is likely out this week. Um, unfortunately, the, the Vikings have a bye in week seven, so Delvin Cook will probably be back in week eight. But Alexander Madison is expected to have a pretty good week in week six. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's a must start this week. Uh, if he's out there, go pick him up because he slots right into your starting lineup. And then as far as a handcuff goes, the rest of the year, he's probably one of the more high-value ones if – Alvin Cook were to re-aggravate this injury or suffer some other sort of injury, get COVID, uh, then, you know, I think that Alexander Madison is an easy player to start in your lineup. Uh, so, yeah, go get him if he's out there. He probably only count on him for a week at this point, but he has potential longer-term value as well. And with, with his opportunity that he had while Cook was out um, last weekend, um, Madison had 23 touches. 136 yards. Delvin Cook had 22 touches for 89 yards. Alexander Madison looked really good. He did look really good, and I think he's going to have a bigger role even if Cook is is available. So um, he might be a flex play even even with Cook on the field. So keep an eye on that and make sure you have him on your team. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would go do, Brent, if I were in my redraft league, is if LaVisca Chenault is somehow available in your league, go out and stash him uh, on the end of your bench. Uh, he had seven catches in week five, uh, and now has four games with at least ten fantasy points so far this year. Uh, and so he's starting to work his way up uh, into becoming a potential flex starter on a weekly basis, and I think we'll see his role grow in this offense over the course of the rest of the season. Uh, he's a rookie, so he's only five games under his career, but he's dynamic. They're getting the ball to him in a variety of ways, both in the passing game and in the running game. Uh, and he, with the ball in his hands, he has looked pretty special, uh, both in college and in, so far in his NFL career. So I think he's a player who's likely to uh, – who you can go out and get and maybe be a little bit ahead of the curve if you're in a standard you know, 10- or 12-team league uh, in a redraft. Uh, and so with bye weeks starting – we're going to need depth on our teams. I think he's a natural fit for to fill some of those gaps in your bye weeks. Yeah, and I think he's very capable of having a few big weeks here and there, maybe multiple touchdown weeks too. So yeah. I like it. I like that stash. All right. For Dynasty, we just mentioned this guy, but I think it's a good opportunity to go out and buy low on Deshaun Watson. So he was looked at by a lot of people as in the top three or four quarterbacks uh, in the NFL and dynasty, or for fantasy purposes, going into the season, Brent, right up there behind Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and potentially Kyler Murray uh, for dynasty, right around that type of range. He's fallen a little bit because of what a rough start 
the Texans have had, and we've seen the impact that losing DeAndre Hopkins has had on him. But I think with the changes uh, in that front office that we mentioned and the changes to that coaching staff, uh, this may be close to the trough, uh, at the bottom of the trough for Deshaun Watson. I think his fantasy value might start to increase from here. So if you're in especially a super flex league, but even a single quarterback league, uh, I think he's worth feeling out the owner to see how that owner values him at this point, potentially buying low on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, I like I liked the way that you put it. Um, I think this is the lowest that you can get him right here. Um, I think his, his dynasty value is going to keep on growing here because his schedules, obviously, it's going to get easier than it was the first three games. So I, I like it. Even though I'm not a huge fan of Deshaun Watson, I think buying him low if you can would be pretty good. Would be a pretty good move. Yeah. Anybody else you're looking to acquire in Dynasty Brand? Um, Travis Fulgham, um, Philadelphia wide receiver. Huge game last week and he was kinda overshadowed by Clay by Claypool's game. But he had ten catches, hundred and fifty two yards and a touchdown in week five. I do think he earned a spot at wide receiver. Even if the other receivers come back, he's earned a spot. I, I, I mean, he looked really good. Um, I don't think it was a fluke either. So um, he's he's definitely a starter on that Eagles offense. I don't know if you start him every week on your on your fantasy team, but he's definitely someone to grab right now, and he might be a stud for you by the end of the year. Yeah, they could potentially get Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson back at some point, but those guys never seem to be able to stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rager is also out there waiting in the wings as well to potentially come in and get some of that work. But I think Travis Fulgham is going to have a role in this offense, regardless of what other receivers are available as we move throughout this year. He's playing all over the field in this offense. I know we've talked a little bit about Greg Ward and how he's looked pretty good, but Fulgham looks like he might be starting to leapfrog uh, Greg Ward a little bit as far as a target for Carson Wentz in this offense. And so if he is available in your league, I would make a pretty hefty bid on him in free agency to uh, try to add him to your roster, Brent, maybe 25%, something like that of my free agent acquisition budget. Yeah. Yeah, I like it, 25%. If you really need a receiver, maybe go up to 40%. So, yeah, yeah I like it. All right, and finally, I think we've talked about this a little bit uh, previously, but the last thing we had here is both for redraft and dynasty. Go out and pick up Andy Dalton if he's available. We talked about him as back-end quarterback one for the rest of the season. Anything you want to add on Andy Dalton beyond what we've already said, Brent? Yes, get him. Like I said, I'm high on him. 100% of your bidding points in Superflex, if if you do a Superflex, maybe 100% in all the other areas, maybe not dynasty. But if you need help at running at, at quarterback, I think he'll have a good fantasy year. And when I was talking earlier, the Cowboys might be better this year with them. I, I did say might. Um, I, I do want to include that Dak Prescott did have seven turnovers in, the, in four and a half games that he played. So, yes, his fantasy points look pretty good. But the bottom line is he was losing games and he was turning over the ball. So, um, Andy Dalton, I do think he'll be safer with the ball. He'll slow down the game, which will help out the defense. So, I mean, I know that's not fantasy, but um, but either way, pick up pick up Andy Dalton. I, I like Andy Dalton. All right, there you have it. Everything you want to learn from the past week, you want to watch for in the coming week, and what you can go do now to make your team better, Brent. Uh, and before we close out here, normally we would have our <laughs> DFS pick for the, the Thursday night game. Unfortunately, this week we do not have a Thursday night game because 
uh, of the Titans COVID issues. They ended up playing Tuesday against the Bills, which caused the Bills Chiefs game that was supposed to be on Thursday to be pushed to Monday. And so you get a couple days without football here after a bonus Tuesday night game to uh, think about your roster reset for the coming week and look forward to those games kicking off on Sunday. So instead of doing our DFS picks, uh, I wanted to share real briefly a couple non-fantasy tips, a couple life tips that I think people should uh, consider. So this week, um, my wife and I unfortunately lost uh, a really good friend and a tragic car accident. He was a passenger in a vehicle uh, with three other guys uh, and they were on some property and there was a, a train crossing on this private property at the top of a hill. It was heavily wooded on both sides of that. So you couldn't even really tell uh, whether there was a train coming and they probably thought it was an abandoned track or something. And uh, they were crossing that and their vehicle was struck by the train and three of them died and the driver is in critical condition uh, in the hospital. And so he left our friend, a uh, really good friend left behind uh, his wife and three little kids at home. Uh, and he was the sole breadwinner in this house. His wife stayed at home with the kids. And so uh, I think the two things that I've taken away from the story that I want everybody to go out and do uh, tonight first is go give any, all of your family and your friends uh, and tell them you love them, tell them you care about them uh, and give them a hug and a kiss if it's your wife or husband <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but uh, just hold them a little closer because whenever I hear about something like this or whenever it directly impacts me, uh, it makes me think a lot about that type of stuff. And the second one I want to encourage everybody to go do is if you have somebody who is depending on your income, whether it's a wife who stays at home or uh, if you have kids, uh, certainly, absolutely, uh, go get life insurance because when something like this happens, uh, the last thing that your family should be worrying about is, what they're going to do, how they're going to make the mortgage payment this month, how they're going to pay their bills. Uh, in this case, I don't know whether this person had life insurance or not. I pray to God he did, uh, but I don't think it's really relevant because anybody who has somebody who is counting on them for that money uh, every month needs to have life insurance. And so if you don't have it and you have a wife or children, certainly, uh, who are going to be dealing with a lot. If you something were to happen to you, uh, they don't need to be worrying about all that other stuff, all the money stuff on top of that. So if you have it, that's great. Think about getting more because you can never have too much. And if you don't, um, go out and get it because it's important and it, can, it can't wait because you never know when something like this can happen to you. And uh, your, your family will thank you if it never does. So that's my two life tips. I know we uh, here we try to say that fantasy football is supposed to be fun, and uh, we try to make the show a lot of fun. But I think this is uh, too important uh, to just ignore. And since we had a little time this week, I'm going to share that story and uh, share those two tips. So thank you all for listening. And um, that being said, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. Uh, we'll have a new episode for you next week. Uh, until then, on behalf of Brent Hud Hud Hikus. This is Levi Valentine wishing you good luck in week six. Yeah.